Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, good morning on this Thursday, or as Tom would say, Friday Junior. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being here on your affiliate on the Odyssey app. However you're listening, we appreciate your time. The phone number on the program, 855-2124-CBS, Twitter Sports, Rider Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. CJ Nikowski, former big leaguer, pitcher, Texas Rangers, TV analyst, MLB Network radio host, over on Sirius XM on Twitter at CJ Nikowski. Very, very smart dude joins me now on the show. CJ, what's up, buddy? You're too kind, Bill. You're too kind. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm I'm enjoying uh as we the this uh the the culmination of this MLB season. There's some really interesting storylines and a race right now in the AL West that I know you're paying attention to because the Rangers are, are are right in that mix. A handful of teams fighting for for a couple spots. Three teams. How do you like the Rangers' odds and chances to make sure they close strong enough to do what they want to do this season? Yeah, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses of those top three teams uh, in the American League West, right? It's always been kind of the Astros' division to lose, but the Rangers were in control of that division for the first four and a half months of the season, and then they just went on a terrible run, 4-17 and over a 21-game span. Things kind of fell apart. Now they're still in this thing and a half a game uh, back of the Astros, but so are the Mariners. It really is going to come down to the Rangers, the head-to-head that they still have. They have seven games remaining with the Seattle Mariners, seven of the last ten, and so it is their, in their hands. Now, they handled the Mariners well at the beginning of the season, five and one against them, but this is a different Mariners team now. They're swinging the bats a lot better, so they're going to have their hands full. The bullpen has been an issue. There's kind of no getting away from it, and uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to battle. They just need these guys uh, to show up over the last 10 days. The bullpen is probably going to dictate how this thing goes right now because Toronto's hanging in there as well for the wild card. So essentially of the four teams that I mentioned, one's going to win the American League West, two are going to uh, be wild card teams, and one is going to be out. And so in the case of the Rangers, the offense was really good against the Red Sox, 15 runs yesterday. Uh, this really becomes about the bullpen for them. Can they keep it together? How much they're going to throw Aroldis Chapman over these next 10 games is going to be pretty fascinating to watch. CJ Nikowski here on the show. CJ, obviously baseball has been evolving in how they structure the postseason and the approach they take. In in the latest format, do you like it? Is it good for the game? We've got a producer on the show, I won't name him, Tom DeCelestino, who thinks that it takes some of the drama out of it. I like it. I kind of like the format. Where do you come down as somebody following a team every single day that's in the mix and that obviously played the game at the highest level? Well, the drama's still there, right? I mean, obviously, the American League West, you have three teams. The American League East is not settled with a two-and-a-half game lead for the Orioles uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays. And it just involves more teams. I think at the end of the day, that's what Major League Baseball is trying to accomplish, is to get more teams playing more meaningful games deeper into the season to keep more fan bases engaged. You know, and quite honestly, I think, especially now that the Tampa Bay Rays stadium situation looks like it's settled, same thing with Oakland. Uh, we're going to get to expansion. We're going to get to 32 teams, and we're likely going to get to 16 
in the postseason, much like we saw in the shortened season in 2020. So uh, where it is now, I'm good with it and the idea of expanding it. I like the postseason in 2020. Does it take away from the value of a division title? Yeah, to some degree it does, but it also makes the gauntlet of winning in the postseason uh, a lot more difficult. Some people give the Dodgers a hard time for that 2020 World Series. I said it was actually a more difficult uh, World Series to win. They deserve the respect for it because they had to play more teams, more series, uh, certainly some difficult circumstances with the travel and whatnot, and only playing their games, a bulk of them in Texas. But I like the system. I like more teams uh, being in. I never find myself at the end of October grateful uh, that postseason baseball is over. CJ, when we get down to this time of year where you've got a, a cluster of races where a handful of games, or maybe fewer, certainly in the AL West uh, situation, can, can determine things, then obviously we get into the postseason where it's a very small sample size. And the math changes just in terms of the difference of 162 regular game season versus a few games here or there that, that can turn the tide one way or the other. What becomes more or less important in terms of dictating success, whether it's it, – it, it, is it luck? Is there such a thing as, as, as players who are clutch in these situations? Is it team chemistry? Is it something I'm not thinking of? What are the deciding factors now that maybe don't have the same impact in, in July or even August? Yeah, we have something really unique in our game that I don't think the other sports have, and that is the fact that there are teams that are built to win in the regular season and then teams that are built to win in the postseason. And a lot of that has to do with pitching and what does your rotation look like. We're looking at the Baltimore Orioles right now, and they've been a really fun team to watch with their 95 wins. Um, Looks like they'll probably hold on to win the division. But either way, they have the most wins uh, in the American League, second most wins in baseball, and I don't have – necessarily a ton of confidence that they have the pitching at the top of the rotation to make a run in the postseason. So I think that's kind of a good example of, you know, what does it take? I'm not saying they can't do it. The guys are going to have to show up in some um, really big ways, right? But I think that we have just a difference of the way rosters are built and give them credit for hanging in there against what should have been a really tough division in the American League East. They did get John Means back, and so maybe that helps a little bit as far as having a top of the rotation kind of starter. But if you think about them going up against, say, Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander, I know they just had a pretty good series against the Astros. I don't know if they have the pitching to match up. And so to me, that's kind of the point of you know, kind of what you're asking, talking about how teams can be built differently. Give me the guys, give me the teams that have the really good top of the rotation starting pitching. Uh, give me the teams that have good bullpens. The Mariners, are, I think, are a good example of a team that can get in that can be really dangerous. Right? We saw the Philadelphia Phillies last year uh, barely get in as a sixth seed. By the last seed in the National League, and they made it all the way to the World Series. They have that kind of team again where they can lean heavily on guys like Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. So while they were not good enough to win a division that year, they were good enough to get to the World Series. And so uh, for me, it's about top of the rotation, starting pitching, and what do your big arms and your bullpen look like? CJ Nikowski here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio. CJ, I'm not speaking for you, but the, the conventional wisdom in the National League for almost everybody, for, for good reason, is Atlanta or L.A., that those are the teams to beat when we get to the postseason. But you just noted it is not uncommon to have teams that just barely get into the postseason or, or they get in and maybe are, are far from favorites, get hot, play well, have the qualities you need in the postseason and to make a deep run. So if you were going to pick a team or two that aren't Atlanta or aren't the Dodgers that could be that surprise again on the National League side of things, does anybody jump out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, those two teams obviously are big ones. You know, the Cubs are starting to fade here a little bit, but they do have some exciting kind of top of the rotation starting pitching going back to what I was talking about. But I think the team that we know is going to the postseason that will clinch here pretty soon, that could be that team, could be the Milwaukee Brewers. 
the Milwaukee Brewers rotation is really good. It actually runs really deep, and a lot of people wondering about that move last year when they traded away Josh Hader, but yet that bullpen is also still um, in a really good place. So on the National League side of things, uh, they are probably, let's call them the, the non-favorites, to have a real good chance uh, to make a run by leaning heavily on that pitching. Marcana's getting it going a little bit. They made some small adjustments offensively. they got to get Christian Yelich all the way back and healthy. That'll be really important for them uh, to try to pull this off. But uh, in a year where Craig Council's in a contract year, we know David Stearns is going to lead the New York Mets, right? There's some changes coming there um, in the walkout. And I shouldn't say it definitely changes. I don't think Council's leading, but I guess you never know. He has no contract right now. Um, but there's a lot going on in Milwaukee. I think that is a team from a roster standpoint uh, that could surprise some some folks and be dangerous in the postseason. CJ, one team that is not in the mix that is very talented, and I think a lot of us expected to be in the mix, is the San Diego Padres. I know you can't speak to their internal dynamics, but there's been a lot of reporting locally at the newspaper there, Ken Rosenthal uh, at The Athletic, about a locker room, about a clubhouse that has not been a happy place to be. As someone who's played at the major league level, when, if a clubhouse is toxic or problematic, how and why does that impact the on-field performance and product? Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It almost always comes with losing. It is rare that a team is winning, and then you talk about a really bad clubhouse, right? And so losing, I say this all the time, will bring out the worst in players if, you're, you, know, if you even have a, a tendency to, to lean that way, right? If things start going bad, you're either having a personal bad year, your team's having a bad year. If you have some selfish tendencies to you, um, those can really um, show up, and it, it it's one of those things that can just kind of take off and get worse and worse as the year goes on. And it's tough. And I'm, I don't know individually any of the guys but um, that this would apply to. But when you do it with stars, if there are stars that are falling into that category, that becomes a real problem. We've heard some similar things with the White Sox uh, as well and trying to figure that out. But, again, it's always teams um, that are losing. It's rare that you're going to see a team that's winning because you can kind of overcome those things and you put them behind you. Uh, but when everything is disappointing and the coaching staff is feeling stressed out, maybe hear a little bit from the fans. They get really great support there in San Diego. It starts to build a little bit. Then you hear a little bit about the relationship with Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller and, and same like you. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but there's been a lot of rumblings about uh, perhaps that relationship not being where it needs to be. Uh, and when you're trying to put together a winning ball club and have the winning culture and everything else um, that follows. So I think it's a legitimate conversation with them. How you address it, though, when you have so many big-time players and especially guys that are locked in, to longer-term deals becomes a real problem, right? If you identify a player that you think maybe one or two, um, that you, you either got to fix them or you got to get rid of them, uh, fixing them is probably unlikely if they're already established as stars. Moving them can become really difficult because you're sitting here looking at things objectively when you're running a team and saying, no, I need this player with this production. We have got to figure it out. And Bob Belvin is as respected as a, as a manager in the game. Um, and if you can't get guys to get on the same page, respect each other, and play well together, I'm not sure anybody can. CJ, uh, Shohei Otani is going to have another elbow surgery procedure. You're, you're not a doctor, obviously, but just based on what you know about, about that, having pitched, what, what is your personal guesstimate confidence level that eventually, even if it's a couple years down the road, Otani can return as a pitcher at the level we've come to expect? Yeah, I don't know if I have that confidence, you know, quite honestly. Like, so they're telling us it's going to be 2025, 20, right? So next year... Uh, he'll only be eight. And so he does have a year and a half um, to recover, but you're asking a lot. They were very vague about the procedure that he had. Uh, it sounds like he probably had the internal brace surgery, which essentially is not the full 
Uh, Tommy John is another way to fix that elbow, but to get you back quicker. Uh, we've seen a couple of pitchers, more than a couple now, kind of go through it and have success. A lot of it depends on the severity of the tear. And again, you're right, I'm not a doctor, but from my understanding of these things, um, that's kind of how that works. I had a couple of pitchers with the Rangers that went with the internal brace surgery and got back quicker, but this is the second time, right, with the elbow for uh, Shohei Otani. So my confidence level is not all that high. I mean, I think he's certainly going to make that push to return to the mound. And his agent said that he will be back on the mound in 2025, but that's 18 months from now. It's a long ways away, and there's a lot of rehab, and he's going to be hitting um, in the process. And that's asking a lot. I know he's pretty superhuman, and we've seen him do really incredible things, and he's the MVP for me again um, this year. Uh, but my confidence is low, and that is going to be interesting to see how this thing goes this offseason. He is such a unique player, obviously, because of what he does on the field, but also because he generates revenue like no other player in our game does. So when you're sitting there trying to value a contract, if you're looking at just performance and your nervousness about whether or not he can pitch, yeah, you might see those numbers come down a little bit. Um, but at the same time, if he's wearing your uniform, uh, there are dollars that he generates that nobody else does. And so how do you then offset that into an offer for a contract and trying to get all of that um, figured out? There's a lot that goes into this. But um, I think he will return to the mound. Will he return to form? Uh, I, I, you know, My confidence is not that high. CJ Nikowski, last one for you. The Yankees have not performed at the level that's expected. Is this just one of those off-seasons for a team that does spend some money, or is there a reality in terms of the game passing that front office by or something else that I should be asking you about that is uh, intrinsic right now to New York that requires some kind of serious change? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're going to make the change. It seems like, based on what we've heard so far from ownership, that that's probably not um, going to happen. They just had some misses, right? So far, the Carlos Rodon contract was not a great first year. That was really important um, to their success. They were able to get Aaron Judge back, which, of course, you want him in that uniform, but they did it at a really high price, and they find themselves in a similar situation which they have been in at certain times in their franchise's history is where they're locked up with some contracts, and Kara Cole's been fantastic and probably going to win another Cy Young Award, but it's a, it's a huge contract, but that's the least of your worries, right? Aaron Judge is going for a long time. Carlos Rodon, I mentioned, is year one of that six-year deal. You have the Stanton deal, right? So you have a lot of this roster that is still uh, together when you talk about the big money that you're spending, and they've just made, unfortunately, some bad decisions that haven't worked out. I know people like to jump on the Frankie Montage trade as an example, on paper, I thought it was a good one at the time. It just didn't work out because of injuries. They did not get the production that they were looking for. That was a big deal. Not having him and not having Carlos Rodon, at least a good version of him uh, this season in particular, I think showed up. Same thing with Luis Severino. Luis, Luis Severino, at times, you started to see it a little bit, but just couldn't find that consistency. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Those are three really big pieces, um, and those are just on the pitching side. I think that really had a lot to do with the fact that this team uh, could not perform the way that they expected to. So the change is coming. I I don't know what's going to happen in the front office or even in in the managerial spot. And quite honestly, I'm not sure it's it's deserved. Um, You can look at just some of the injuries, a couple of bad trades, and uh, they have the ability to get back on track, of course, we know because they have the money to do it. But it's not going to be an easy task. They have a lot to address this winter. CJ, great stuff, buddy. It's an exciting time in the sport. Appreciate you being on the show to talk about all this stuff. Yeah, of course, Bill. Always happy to do it, man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 